0: إن الحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحته لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمد عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا Fasallallahu alayhi wa sallama tasliman kathira kathira Amma ba'd fa'inna asdaqal hadithi kitabullah Wa khayral hadhi hadhi muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Wa inna sharral umuri muhdathatuhaa wa inna kulla muhdathatin bid'ah Wa kulla bid'atin dalala Wa kulla dalalaatin finnar Qala allahu azza wa jal fi kitabihi al-kareem Ba'da an aru qula a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir-rajim Bismillah rahman rahim والشمس وضحاها، والقمر إذا تلاها، والنهار إذا جلاها، والليل إذا يغشاها، والسماء وما بناها، والأرض وما طحاها، ونفس وما سواها، فألهمها فجورها وتقواها، قد أفلح من زكاها، وقد خاب من دساها رب الشح لصدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي واللهما ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله Amilu salihaat, watawassu bilhaqqi, watawassu bil Ameen, ya Today's khutbah is dedicated to some reflections and a reminder for myself, uh, and inshallah ta'ala all of you from al Shams, uh, which is one of the last uh, surahs in the, you know, towards the end of the Mushaf. And a lot of times these are the shorter surahs that we have our kids memorize. And the thing to note about these small surahs is sometimes the most complex and profound lessons of the Quran are encapsulated in the least words. So you would think that, in and, and, and many ways, the longer surahs have easier lessons and the shorter surahs have much more deep and profound lessons which is why if you study classical tafaseer, uh, a lot more time and energy and really pages of paper are dedicated to the study of shorter surahs than they are by comparison to ayat of the longer surahs and this is actually one of the most fascinating surahs of the Qur'an on the subject of ourselves uh, There are places in the Qur'an where Allah wants us to understand ourselves or the way in which he created us because we are, like he says we created the human being, no doubt, in the most upright and the most beautiful upright form so we are the marvel of Allah's creation and he is proud of this creation to the point where he created the heavens and the earth and the angels were not commanded to do sajda. so the magnificent universe that Allah created did not call for the angels to fall into sajda in awe of what Allah has created and yet the human being was, so this is, we're not a typical creation of Allah and Allah wants us to, rem, He wants to remind us of that because a lot of times in this life because we deal with each other and one can make, a, you know, you can make someone feel worthless or make make someone feel inadequate or not enough and we forget that Allah honored us above and beyond even the angels, each one of us not just Adam salam, it's humanity that was honored in that way, so we forget that and of course the one that wants us to forget that more than anyone else is iblis he wants us to be humiliated and the best way to humiliate us is to have us have a low opinion of ourselves so if you think lowly of yourself uh, and you think that you are worthless or you that then the actions and the thoughts that follow from that are going to be a chain of negativity that will mimic the emotions and the sentiments of the devil himself right so the first point that i wanted to highlight for myself and all of you is that allah is highlighting what a marvelous creation you and i are that is not to say that we're supposed to be arrogant but we're supposed to honor what allah created we have to respect what allah created and that actually includes self-respect now in this surah uh, allah has taken quite a few oaths and though i have talked those of you that listen to me on a regular basis have heard me talk about Uh, Allah taking oaths in the Quran and how he swears by different things and what the purpose of that is but just as a quick reminder, often oaths are taken by Allah because a, a way that the ancient Arabs used to talk is when they took oaths it's like everybody around would drop everything they're doing and just listen to this right? and the oaths were a way of, depending on what the oath was taken by were a way of garnering more and more and more attention In a sense, they were also giving kind of a hint as to what's about to be said. So if some ancient Arab before Islam came to the Arabs and got up on the mountain and said, I swear by tomorrow morning, then everybody knew that he's got some very important news. It's an emergency. We better drop everything. And I bet the news has to do with what's happening tomorrow morning. Right? So he hasn't told you anything yet. He just said, I swear by tomorrow morning. But that tomorrow morning is an indication, a hint, at what's coming right so the the they say what you swear by the muqsam bihi and what you're talking what you're going to talk about afterwards the muqsam alayhi so it's in english it's simple it's not that simple but a way to think about that is the object of the oath and the subject of the oath are connected to each other right and so allah took a number of oaths in this surah and then connected them to two realities so there's quite a it's it's quite a bit to think and talk about and I know it's a lot to pack inside of a a single khutbah but I'm going to try to at least present a glimpse of what's being talked about here many years ago I did a deeper study of this surah and I'd like to invite you to uh, listen to some of those lectures and do your own reading on this surah also but for now at least I wanted to highlight some of some of the very profound lessons that come at least some drops from that ocean that come to mind that I think you and I can benefit from in this short time Allah says I swear by the sun, and it's the glory with which, the brilliance with which it lights up the morning. So it's morning brilliance. So the sun and its soothing morning brilliance. And duha is is important because the sun at a certain time, and we know this really well out in Texas, and the ancient Arabs knew this way better than we did, the sun after a certain time is scorching and it's not soothing, and it's not soft light, it's hard light, it makes you want to, you know, squint your eyes, it'll give you headaches and things like that, it's torturous almost. But there's a time of the morning where the light of the sun is actually pretty soothing. And it's, it's, it's a, it has a calming effect on your surroundings. Those of you that, you know, wake up early and then you go outside in that morning, the sky is not never as soothing and as calming and the environment isn't as, you know, serene as it is at that time. And Allah says, I swear by the sun, meaning the brilliant source of light, and that soothing environment it creates. That soothing soft light that it creates in the morning. Well إِذَا Talaha, And I swear by the moon as it follows it, when it follows the sun. So he swears by the sun, and then he swears by the moon. And he described two different things. When he, he said about the sun that it's soothing, and it's got this beautiful light and it's a source of calm and he talks about the moon and he says well what i want you to think about when it comes to the moon is that the moon follows the sun and obviously it does so at nighttime, right so we see we see and the celestial bodies are doing their work whether we can see them or not but for the human eye you could see that it's it follows meaning the evening follows the day but now we even know from you know from an astronomical point of view the the, the, the the moon is literally an object that's following the larger solar system, it's you know rotating around the earth and the earth around the sun. So there's this following that's taking place. Well, It's also following it in a sense that the moon doesn't have its own light. The only, the only way we can see the moon is that the sun shines on it, and that's why it's illuminated. So it, it's not a source of light by itself, it's reflecting its light, right? And that's going to be important as we read on. When nahari and I swear by the day as it brings out the sun's brilliance meaning uh the sun itself is brilliant but we wouldn't appreciate the 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 magnificent power of the sun if we didn't see things look glorified look illuminated because of the light of the sun right so just like the sun is illuminating the world the illuminated world is also a kind of a complement to the sun right so because the same place can look a completely different world without the light of the sun a place could be incredibly beautiful Uh, and recently i you know uh, my family and i took a trip to to colorado just a road trip and in the daytime the valleys and the trees and the mountains are so beautiful and as maghrib starts coming in the same place becomes terrifying the same roads that were breathtaking view the beauty of them is gone the you know the the soothing you just want to stop and look now you're scared to stop same place and if you were going by the same exact place during the daytime, you'd say, Hey, can, can we stop here and take this view in for a moment? Right? But at nighttime, can we just keep driving? Can we just keep moving? Because it's, it's terrifying. And the only difference is the, the, that place is beautified by the sun, and that makes you appreciate the sun even more. And I swear by the night as it covers it up, meaning it covers up the glory of the sun. So now we've got four ayat about the sun and the moon, and the day, and the night. And now he's, he says, And I swear by the sky, and what an incredible creation he made. And how, beautiful, how remarkably it was made. And the earth, and how remarkably it was laid out. wa ma ta'haha. So, so far, we're not talking about ourselves. I started this khutbah saying that we're going to learn something about ourselves. And this is a surah which talks about deep within ourselves. And so far, we're learning about the sun and the moon and the night and the day and the sky and the earth. And in the middle of taking all of these oaths that draw our attention, the next set of oaths is وَنَفْسِيٌ wama waha, And I swear by the inner self, the person, the inside person that each one of us has, and I swear by how remarkably it was made balanced. Like, remarkably how he balanced it out. Balance means there are opposing weights or opposing forces that need to get balanced. Now if you take a step back, the, the sun and the moon create a kind of balance in the sky. The day and night are a kind of balance. The sky and the earth function in balance and they work with each other. Without the sky, the earth couldn't exist right so they're de- they're interdependent or especially the earth dependent on the sky so after describing all of that look at this balanced universe around you he says and by the way there's a universe inside you that's also balanced there's this world i created outside that's balanced and there's a world inside that's balanced and there are other parallels also because we are going from celestial bodies and an observation about the outside world and the sky and the horizon and the earth, and all of a sudden we're talking about something going deep inside ourselves. It's as if Allah is describing that there is a world inside of us, and it's it it functions. Some of its mechanics, some of its you know uh, uh, mechanisms, are a lot like what you see outside in what Allah made. So there is a brilliant light inside ourselves too, and that light can give us soothing calm like the morning does and there, is, there are times when we find ourselves not in soothing times we find ourselves in darkness but even when we do that light which isn't soothing anymore can still shine on the moon meaning some remnant of the light is still there no matter how dark a situation you find yourselves in you're never without light even if it's like thin as a hair like the moon there's still light, and that light, the source of that light is still the sun, right? So Allah Azza wa Jalla put inside the human being a ruh, right? And it's, it's, that, it's a source of light and guidance for the human being, whether they're Muslim or not, actually. It's something that He put inside the human being so they can seek truth. And when He gave us that light inside of ourselves, when you nurture that light, it creates a soothing environment inside you and around you. But even if there's everything's okay inside, things can get pretty messed up on the outside. But even if they do, even if it's like a dark night, you know, often people compare, this is a very dark time in my life, or I'm surrounded by a lot of darkness, right? And darkness is associated with imagery of hopelessness, or feeling lost, or feeling scared, and things like that. And in all of those scenarios, Allah still says, well, the, the moon is still following. The sun And following is an interesting word because when someone's in the dark, they don't know which way to go, right? But follow the light. Like the moon, is, the, 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 the moon is following the light of the sun. It's still following. So follow the right path even if you're surrounded in darkness. Is kind of a subtle suggestion there. And then the idea that this light inside us makes everything around us beautiful. Following Allah's guidance, following Allah's light actually makes, gives tajliya, gives glory, gives, makes beautiful the life in this world. But then there are times, there are elements of the night that can make you... You know, because the cloud, the, 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 uh, the moon can be hidden by clouds, right? It can be hidden by clouds. And the night can cover, you know, cover up the sun. And you might not feel like there's any light, even though it's there, even though that it, it exists. So it, human beings are struggling between light and darkness. And that struggle, we're reminded of that because Allah created the night and day constantly struggling. And it's as if Allah is constantly reminding us of the war happening inside ourselves between light and darkness. And then he says that this nafs that he made with these, you know, he he put inside us a desire, a love to do the right thing, to do good. We want to be good. We want to do good. We want to help someone else. We want to make someone feel happy. We want to do the right thing. We want to be fair. All of those good drives are inside of us. We, want to, we feel sorry for someone who's hurting. We want to be able to help their situation. These are all things that Allah put inside us. You didn't have to be taught those things. They were, it's like the light of the sun, it's already there. It's already shining inside. But then there's this other selfish side. There's this side that has very intense negative feelings. It has things like anger and sadness and jealousy. It has things like regret and hopelessness. There's all kinds of negative feelings. And they're the opposite of light and these two things Allah did not create us that we can get rid of one or the other like why can't we always have light why can't we always just you know you know be in a good place you can't because Allah didn't create just day he created day and he created night so he says it's incredibly balanced then he says and before telling us what this oath is about he says And speaking of this this nafs, this inside self that you and I were given, this person inside that actually only you know, and Allah knows, nobody else knows that person truly. That's the conversations you and I have with ourselves are only known to ourselves. The thoughts that we entertain in our mind truly are only and only ours. And it's actually so guarded sometimes that we te- we're terrified that somebody might know what we're really think. we really thinking, what's going on in our head. It's a very private, secure place inside, deep inside of ourselves. What does he say about that place? He says, fujuraha, wa So he inspired it, meaning this deep nafs inside. He inspired it with its ability to explode with fujur, and an ability and a an desire to protect itself and to be safeguarded so, and by the way, explosion is the opposite of being safe those are two opposing forces and what does Fujur mean? Fujur actually is, you don't have to know a lot of Arabic to know that but even if you know anything about the prayers, the morning prayer is called what? it's called Fajr, from Fujur why? because the light explodes out of the sky, it tears through so, you know, in uh, in fajr or in Fijar is used, you know, in the Sama'un Fajarat when the sky is going to explode open judgment day a fajir, they commonly translate fajr as a sinner but fajr actually means someone who's impulsive whose feelings make them explode into action whose feelings make them explode and say whatever words came in their mouth they have no reservation they don't hold back like you see an open empty highway and you've got a car that can go fast and your foot just kind of floors it on the accelerator but then Long in the distance, you see red and blue lights flashing, right? And you're not, you haven't. An, and all of a sudden, taqwa kicks in. وَتَقْوَاهَا. <laughs> he inspired the human being to want to be rebellious, to want to do crazy things, to have all kinds of impulses, but also inspired the human being with the ability to control themselves. And this is actually what separates us from animals, isn't it? Because an animal can see a prey, and if it's hungry, that's it. It's attacking. It's going to rip through that prey. But a human being can desire something and then put other breaks in place. A disbeliever can put, put breaks on like, oh, well, is that against the law? Is anybody watching? Is there a security camera? And they'll, they'll want to do it, but they won't. But for a Muslim, even if there's no security cameras, there's still security cameras, right? There's still angels recording. Kiram and Katimin. There's still Allah watching. And that puts us to a stop. But that's still taqwa in the end of the day. There's a spiritual taqwa, but there's also other kinds of taqwa that other human beings exhibit. It's not taqwa of Allah, but it could be taqwa of the law, or taqwa of a security camera, or taqwa of other social or emotional consequences. So taqwa of that kind, right? But th- thats what Allah put inside of us now. So at the end of all of that, it's like the climax of all the amazing things Allah created: the sky, the earth, the night, the day, the sky—you know, the, the 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 sun, the moon. All of that is. The, the climax of it all is the ultimate example of balance the human being. And I don't want you to think about the philosophical entity human being. I want you to think about yourself and I think about myself. Allah is claiming that you and I were created with an incredible ability to be balanced. He's made that claim. And he's compared our, our capacity to be balanced with the balance that he created the sky and the earth with. The balance with which, he, the harmony with which He created the sun and the moon, He gave us a light inside us that can be so soothing and calm, like weshamsi, you know, He put that inside of us. We have an ability to be at peace inside ourselves. Now, when you hear that, you're like, "But I'm not at peace. I'm pretty angry. I'm pretty upset. I'm pretty, you know." And I have, I have so many, and those emotions are all real. Those are darknesses that exist. But at the same time, Allah balanced that with an ability to find calm and to find yourself, and to find your true nafs that is balanced. My late teacher, one of my late teachers, Dr. Ahmad, rahimahullah, he used to say when he talked about the nafs in his study of Qur'an, when he wanted to help people and his students understand what nafs means, this inner self. He used to say, think of it as you are inside of you, there is a wild horse. With no mane, no reins, no nothing. You're riding this wild horse and grabbing it by, the, by its hair. And you're trying to control it. Even if you let go of it a little bit, it's going to run wild. It's going to trample over things. It's going to jump into a canyon. It's, just, it's a very powerful horse that's inside. And that's actually kind of what a says. It's fujur. It just wants to do whatever it wants to do. It has impulses. And we have to keep it restrained by our taqwa. Now, And if we don't, if we don't, then who's running the show? If you don't hold this horse back, if you don't hold it back, then it runs wherever it wants to. And you follow. So you're no longer in charge in a crazy way. Your nafs is in charge. Your nafs has take a part of your nafs. The nafs that the بِالسُّوءٍ The one that keeps commanding you to do terrible things or say terrible things. It's in charge now and you surrender yourself to it. And that's a scary place to be because Allah describe have you seen someone who takes their own inner feelings what they desire and turns them into their god that doesn't mean that they worship i've talked about that to you guys before that doesn't mean they worship their desires that means they surrender to them they whatever their feelings tell them to do they do if their feelings tell them to say horrible things they say horrible things. And even after they say horrible things, okay, Fujuraha, but then there's تقوها, right? Okay, I just said something horrible. I take that back. Or I'm so sorry I said that. Or I shouldn't have said that. Regret or remorse or let's take it back. No, this horse is running wilder and wilder. So even after you say something crazy, instead of taking it back, yeah, I said it. Well, I get to say that because I felt that way. And my feelings are real. And my feelings justify. Hold on a second. No. Not you, not I, not anyone else. Not anyone else will be able to stand in front of Allah and say, I said this horrible thing, or I did these terrible things because I felt like it. Because my feelings told me to. Obviously, every sin happens because of feelings. Obviously. And this is not for you to go criticize someone else, or you to correct someone else. This is a reminder to me, for myself, and to you, for yourself. What is it that Allah Azza wa Jal is going to ask us about? The, the hearing, the seeing, and the heart that loses control, the, the inflamed heart, they will all be questioned. Yes, you'll have overwhelming emotions, but were you able to have taqwa or did you let them explode? Did you allow fujur or did you have taqwa? Because I gave you the power to have both. wa taqwaha. And now I come to the conclusion of these statements, what Allah Azza wa says. And in the ninth and the 10th ayah of the surah, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ wa وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّهَا <دَصَّهَة> That's going to be the end of what I share with you guys. The, the person who was able to cleanse themselves, clean themselves. What does that mean? That this nafs, every time it heads towards something bad, it gets dirty. Every time, time it explodes with impulse, it gets dirty. Every time it follows its feelings, it gets dirty. And you have to clean it up, and clean it up, and clean it up. You know, it's in nature, Allah did not create anything that stays clean on its own. You leave your car outside, it's going to get covered in dirt, even though you cleaned it. You Allah made uh, the observations for us in nature, for us to learn from them. You cannot keep a place clean unless you go back and clean it again, and clean it again, and clean it because you have to dust it again, you know. You have to, uh, you know, organize it again, etc. Right? So, and, and if you leave, if you leave food there, and you say, "Oh, the food is clean and it's fresh or whatever," if you leave it there, it's going to get rotten. Then bugs are going to come. It's going to get dirty. Right? You're going to have to go through the process of cleaning. Allah says, just like that. There's no such thing. Alhamdulillah, I accepted Islam and I made tawbah in 1983, and now I've been clean. Uh, Cause I got cleansed up in the, Uh No, don't work like that. You and I have to basically acknowledge that dirt keeps falling on our hearts, that the nafs keeps wanting to do bad, and sometimes it does bad, and I don't even realize that it's done bad. And so, looking at my own self, like nobody else, don't wait for somebody else to criticize you and me. Don't wait for somebody else to point out what we're doing wrong. How about I look at myself deeply, and become my own. Greatest critic, you know, we we're, we're in a culture now where we are constantly trained to defend yourself To justify yourself to stand by what you feel and not ever think of yourself as having done anything wrong And we've created two extremes either. I've done nothing wrong. The problem is with everyone else or Everything is wrong about me. I'm just a loser. I'm just going to hell anyway, or I'm just a terrible person I can't do anything right what? Fujuraha wa taqwaha, man or woman, there's, there's, yes, you do good things, but that doesn't make you an angel. Yes, you do bad things, but that doesn't make you a devil. When you do good things, ask Allah to accept them and stay on a good track. But that doesn't mean you're immune from doing bad things. And when you do messed up things, that doesn't mean you became the devil. Stop beating yourself up. And that's also a kind of cop out because then a person says, well, I'm messed up anyway, so what does it matter? Right? That's, that's shaitan's line of thinking. No, Allah doesn't give us that. He says the person who's able to recognize one piece of dirt and clean it. And let me give you the analogy here now. If, if um, somebody pointed out that there's a blemish or you notice in the mirror that there's a, there's a stain on your shirt. What are you going to do? Ah, oh, forget it. These clothes. And you set them on fire? No, you You wash. You wash you notice a different stain somewhere else next week you know if you if you're a clumsy eater like me every time i eat my clothes eat with me right so i've got you know stains in interesting places i don't even wonder where they came from but you know what it was it was a stain over here one week it was a stain over here one week it's a stain over here one week and eventually i say you know what this stain there's so many stains i'm so tired of cleaning up you know what? I'm just going to burn all my clothes because I don't want to deal with this anymore. I just still just dirty. What can I do? I can't. No, they get dirty. You clean again. They get dirty. You clean again. And it's the same thing on the inside. It's the same exact thing on the inside. You don't give up on yourself and you don't act like nothing's wrong. No, no. What's wrong? Just, no, that's just, that's the new fashion. A little bit of oil. You know, that's a, that's not a, you're delusional, you know? So either one is unhealthy. So he says, the one who's able to cleanse it and continue on cleansing it little by little, then that person has truly attained success. These are successful people. Meaning successful people are not people that are clean. But they keep on cleaning, which means successful people also get dirt on them. If they didn't get dirt on them, there was no point in cleansing. And the person who allows it to stay in the dirt has completely lost. They have been, they have met with disappointment. Allah, after all of these oaths, the point of all of them, the point of mentioning the sun and the moon, the point of mentioning the the night and the day and the night, the point of mentioning the sky and the earth, the night and the day, then the point of mentioning the nafs and its internal struggles. The point of all of that, I shared all of this with you, Allah tells us, for one reason. Because you need to know that there will be dark times, there will be times where you're covered in darkness, and you'll have to cleanse that darkness off, the next day begins. And then darkness will come back, and you'll have to cleanse it off, and the next day begins. And this is a process you must engage in, and every time you forget this khutbah, this sermon from Allah Himself, this surah al-Shams, in, in case you forget, just look out your window. The sun should remind you. The night should remind you that every, after every night, there's morning. The morning is cleansing the darkness of the sun. I need to cleanse myself. Isn't it incredible that we recite the word of Allah more loudly every time it's dark outside? The Vuhr prayer, the asr prayer are silent. Maghrib, Fajr, Isha, these are all when, the, when there's more darkness, we're more in need of light and the sunnah of the prophet ﷺ, to recite those so you know those prayers loudly obviously the congregational jummah is an exception because it's a congregation it's loud but you know and it's a remind the whole purpose of it is a larger gathering reminder but it's all these teachings in our religion are there to protect our inner self to recognize what's going on inside of ourselves and i pray we don't become like the the kind of people who are run by our who, we don't control our feelings, our feelings control us. You know, I pray that we don't become like those people because those people truly have failed. May Allah make us strong and give us, give us self-control and restraint and real balance inside of our lives and help us carry good lives as believers and forgive our shortcomings. Barakallahu li wa lakum quran al-Hakim wa fa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayat wa al-Hakim Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadi al-lazhin as-tafa khususana ala afdalihim wa khatamin nabiyyin muhammadin al-ameen wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Qala Allahumma azzawajal fi kitabihi al-kareem ba'da an aqula a'ubu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim Innallaha wa malaitatahu yusalluna ala nabiyya ayyuha alathina amanu sallu alayhi wa salibu taslima Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala alihi muhammad kama salli ta'ala Ibrahim wa ala alihi ibrahim afil alameen innaka hamidun majeed اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا